Life was bitter to the core There was nothing to live for Until love came My name is Harold J. Perkins And at the age of 17 I was selling drugs And on my way to an early grave While sitting in my house with about 10 guys God gave me an out-of-body experience And I was lifted above the room I could see everything moving in slow motion After that I got up and put those guys out And I cried out to Jesus Christ He came into my life with liberty and purpose. Then I ran into religion. And it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready. We're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. This is the beginning of season two. In this uh, season, my intent is to take you deeper in your relationship with God. Season one was a progressive teaching from the first episode to episode 32. If you've been listening to all of the episodes, you should have a pretty good understanding of the relationship that God wants to have with you, that he's not asking you to perform for him in religious activities but he wants to be your God and perform for you to such a degree that people see that you have a living God in your life. Now we're going to go deeper. I'm going to start with the greatest privilege given to mankind, and most are not taking advantage of it. This privilege is so great, it caused Jesus to pray three times in order to try and go another way of redeeming mankind so he would not have to do without this. It's so great a privilege that King David, the man after God's own heart, said, I only want this one thing. What could be so valuable? Well, it's the honor and the privilege that we have to go into the presence of God. In the Old Testament, only one man, the high priest, had access to go into the Holy of Holies where God's presence was. But when Jesus died on the cross, the veil that kept everyone out of the Holy of Holies where God's presence was, the veil was torn by God from the top to the bottom, indicating that God's presence would no longer be there and access would be granted to all those who believe on his son, Jesus Christ. For this access to be granted to us, God had to first deal with man's sin problem because sin cannot come into the presence of God and the person that's carrying it live. If they came in, they died. Even the high priest of the Old Testament, if he came into the Holy of Holies and he had sin, he died. So in order for God to grant every believer access to his presence, sin had to be removed from us. How would God do this? Well, let's go to 1 John chapter 3, verse number 8 and 9. Here's what it says. He that commits sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So it it appears here that sin was the work of the devil and sin is what Jesus destroyed. Let's go to verse nine. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. God did it with a seed. 
When you and I were born of God, our spirit received the seed of Christ, a holy and an incorruptible seed that does not have sin in it. Here is what 1 Peter says about it. 1 Peter 1, 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. If it's an incorruptible seed that we were born again by, then sin cannot get in it because sin leads to death and the seed would die. And if it dies, it's not an incorruptible seed. You see, God has always wanted direct fellowship with all of his creation that he made in his image. Why? Because without his presence, we can't become all that he meant for us to be. Yeah, we're gifted. We're talented. We can do different things without him. But for us to be what he intended us to be, we need his presence. We can't become without it no more than an apple seed can become an apple tree without sunshine. Worship in God's presence is to the seed of Christ in us what the sun is to the apple seed. We don't know all this happening from day to day as the apple seed gets sunshine, but we know over time with water and sunshine, it will become what it was meant to be. The same principle is true with us. Listen to what Jesus says here in I'm in John chapter four, verse 23 and 24. But the hour has come and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the father in spirit and in truth. For the father seeks such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now notice that Jesus said the father is seeking this person. He's seeking the one that will worship him in spirit and in truth. And I see now when I go back to the Old Testament and you'll hear uh, uh, the, that David was anointed to be king, now we understand what, the, what it was all about, why God chose David. David was a worshiper. And as a matter of fact, listen to what he said in Psalms 27, verse four. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David touched something with God that caused God to do something for David that he did for no other. He named his son. God named his son the son of David. God took this man from watching sheep to be the king. And one of the reasons I believe that is the case is because he understood the value of the presence of God. He was out there keeping those sheep and he was enjoying the relationship with God. He was fellowshipping within in God's presence and look what God look how God rewarded him. Okay? So Jesus said that the Father is seeking for worshipers to worship him in spirit and in truth because the Father he knows that we need his presence to become. Now the truth is the word of God. The word of God is the water to the seed of Christ, what water is to the apple seed, okay? We need the word, but we also need his presence, which is the sunshine. We need them both. Now, in this teaching right here, I'm going to focus right now on the sunshine that we need. See, God created you and I with a need to draw from his presence to become who we were 
created to be. And when we're in his presence with the right mindset, things are happening that we can't even see. The problem is, is that most don't have the right mindset to draw from God. A sin consciousness mindset is not what our father wants us to come in his presence with. Jesus took care of the sin problem with one sacrifice that made our spirits perfect forever. And this is who God sees us as when we come into his presence. Don't take my word for it. Let's see what the word of God says. I'm in Hebrews chapter 10, verses one and two. For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they have not ceased to be offered because the worshipers once purged should have no more conscience of sin. See, we've been purged by one sacrifice by Jesus Christ. Now, God does not want us to come into his presence anymore with a sin consciousness. He wants us to come into his presence so that we could receive of him in his presence what we need to become and also that we can give him his due. He is worthy of praise and worship for what he has done. He has done a marvelous thing in creating us in his image and he's given us life. He's given us liberty and he loves us. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our worship. But God is so awesome that when you come to give him that, he's given back to you. Listen to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 12 through 14. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering, Jesus has perfected forever those that are sanctified. We've been sanctified forever. Now that our spirit is perfect, God has given us the privilege to come into his presence, to worship and to receive what we need from him. Worship in God's presence is our highest privilege. Now, some people would love to go in the presence of the president of the United States or maybe meet a king of a great nation. And here we are with open access to the God of the universe. What are we doing with this privilege? Now, one of the other reasons why many don't take advantage of this great privilege is a false picture of who God is. Thinking God is killing children to take them to his garden in heaven that God is responsible for the evil that's in the world, that the problems and the issues that you have in your life is because of God. Well, no, there is a devil, and he is responsible for stealing, killing, and destroying. God has nothing to do with anything that has to do with a stealing, killing, or destroying. This is not our God. This is not a true picture of who my father is. Unfortunately, this has been taught by some who say that they are his representatives. Well, I'm going to believe what the Bible says about who my father is, that he is love and he is merciful. We should come with an attitude of gratitude. We should come with joy. We should come with, with, with an adoration for who he is and what he has done for us. Listen to Psalms 100. I'm going to read verses one through five. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know you that the Lord, he is good. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. And we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. 
His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. You know, I was at some point in my life where, I mean, there was so much happened, so much negative stuff going on in my life. I mean, the devil had turned out, had brought, had turned up the heat. I mean, everything, financial problems, marital problems, all kinds of issues were happening and taking place. And I remember with all this stuff going on that I would go into my uh, closet where I prayed, which was the bathroom, and I would sing to the top of my lungs. I mean, I would just say, I know the neighbors were probably hearing me, but I was making a statement to my God that I was going to still trust him. I'm still going to believe him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to be joyful. And I was saying to the devil, I'm not going to be moved by all this stuff you got going on. God is still good. And I'm telling you, in a in a short period of time, all that stuff just went away. All those issues and those problems went away. And I hit a season in my life after that, that it seemed like everything was falling in place. Everything was happening. Okay. So the, when we praise God, when we worship God and we don't allow the search of circumstances and situations that we're dealing with to cause us to be down and discouraged and, and kind of halfway blaming God for why things are happening. No, he's not responsible. It's the devil. So when we enter but into God's presence with thanksgiving and into his course with praise, you notice uh, if you go back, if you know a little bit about the Old Testament, well, God's presence wasn't in the court, nor was it in the gate. It was in the Holy of Holies. So you had to go through the gate and the court. Then there was the Holy of Holies. But I want you to notice in this psalm, it doesn't mention about going into the Holy of Holies. Why? Because God comes out to the court. When you come with the right attitude and you come with thanksgiving, you come with praise, you come with gratitude, God's presence comes then to you. There's another scripture that says that God inhabits the praises of his people. He comes in to you when you come with this kind of attitude, okay? Now, we may not feel his presence when we're there, but we're receiving something from him whether we sense his presence or not. Now, also, sometimes our praise and worship is putting angels to work on our behalf. I'm gonna go over now to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Let me tell you this situation. Three uh, kingdoms had come against God's people, a large number of people, more than they could handle. And so they, the king, Jehoshaphat, called a prayer meeting. He said, uh, let's come together and let's pray and let's fast. And so he called all of the people together. And so they began to pray and to fast. And God spoke up through one of the prophets and said, hey, don't worry about this. This is my battle. And he gave them instruction and what to do. So here I'm going to pick up at verse 20 in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Here's what it says. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe as prophets, so shall you prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the children of Ammon and Mob and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Mob stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to slay and to destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. 
And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked upon the multitude and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth and none escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance, both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves more than they can carry away. And they were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. Notice that nothing happened until when they began to sing in the praise. Then God went to work. So our praise and worship is doing things in the spirit sometimes that we can't see. They eventually saw when they got there that all of the enemy was dead. Now, this was not just a story that was written in the Bible. This happened. And this same God is our God, and he's the same today. And so we need to start believing for things like this to happen in our lives to where God comes through and is evident. Do you think, you know, at the end of this, it says that God gave him rest, the king and their kingdom all over, all around about him. They had rest. And you know why they had rest? Because the rest of the kingdoms heard what happened. And they say, we're not messing with them. They really have a God. This is what God wants to show in our lives. He wants to show up in our lives to such a degree that people say, I'm not messing with them. They got a God that will respond and do things in their life. And he's available for all. And one of the greatest avenues to move his power in our life is the is praise and worship in his presence. Listen to Acts chapter 16, verse 25 and 26. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Now, they were in jail. Paul and Silas were thrown in jail for preaching the gospel. And now this is where this is picking up. They're in jail now. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sung praise unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. Look what happened here. This is the power of praise and worship. And at the same time, we have an opportunity not to see this kind of power move as a result of praise and worship. But I think some of the greater things that are happening are things that we can't see. What God is doing in us, softening up our heart to love, uh, enhancing our faith, enhancing our joy, enhancing our peace when we're in his presence with the right mindset, understanding that he is truly worthy of all praise. Psalms 22, 3 says this, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praise of Israel. That gets back to what I said earlier. God comes in and he inhabits the praise of his people. You know, God took me to another level when I began to spend more time in worship. About 11 or 12 years ago, I had built a, a team of insurance agents which had earned me, which actually was earning me at that time about $400,000 that year. And it didn't require much of my time. So I spent more time in God's presence. And on Saturday, I taught a Bible study to my team and I would worship the Lord sometimes for quite a while, waiting on him to give me what he wanted me to teach. God started giving me revelation on what I'm now teaching in this podcast things that I had never seen in the Bible before. And I had been reading and studying for decades. Okay. I see him now better than I've ever seen him before in my life. And what ushered me into that? Praise and worship. Worshiping him with a mindset that he's worthy of it, 
He's worthy of all praise and honor and glory and just worshiping him. A little over four years ago, I had an encounter with Jesus, and this encounter came as I was worshiping him. In this encounter, he explained the dream that I had the night before. There were uh, some scriptures that I I was given in the dream that I had the night before, and I didn't understand what the Lord was trying to say by leading me, by giving me these scriptures in the dream. So he told me uh, exactly what the dream was, what those scriptures were for, and what they meant and what I was to do. He also said this, he said that uh, most of the current church is not going to receive the revelation that you're now carrying. He also said this in relationship to what I'm teaching right now. He said this, he said, the seed of glory in you needs the sunshine of my presence. With the mindset I was in while worshiping him when he came to dictate what the dream meant. I was in a mindset that he deserved all the glory. Uh, I wasn't focused on all the issues that were taking place in my life. I was giving him his due. I was rejoicing and saying that you are the Lord of all, even though all kinds of things were happening at the time. But I was abandoned in worship like that. And that was the greatest encounter that I ever had with the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. When we consistently come in God's presence with this mindset, and we spend consistent time in God's word with the intent to learn, not just to say, Lord, I read three chapters. We're reading to learn. And then when we consistently take time to hear uh, those that teach with revelation and that are bringing revelational knowledge and listening to them and receiving from them, the world will be amazed at who you become. You will become the version of Christ that you were meant to be from the foundation of the, of the earth. You are not an afterthought with God. God thought about you before the foundation of the earth. You were not an accident in getting here. He has a purpose for your life, no matter what it is. You know, you heard at the beginning, the opening that I have where I was sitting in a room with in a smoke infested room with 10 other guys. We were gambling. We were smoking, doing drugs and so forth. And God showed up in that environment and basically was saying, I have a purpose for you. Are you going to answer the call? And I answered the call and my life took a whole totally different direction. And I'm saying, if he'll come in my, in that atmosphere for me to move me into purpose, then he'll do the same for you. But it's up to you to answer the call. And then after you answer the call, he's going to justify you. And then after justifying you, he's going to glorify you. He's going to take you to your divine purpose if you do your part. See, here's here's the part that we have. The part that we have is he doesn't govern whether we get water or sunshine. We do. We we see I, I this is what I've, I've done over the years. I, I'm consistent at getting up in the morning and spending time in the word of God, in the presence of God and praying. I'm consistent at doing that. And when you become that consistent uh, as well, and it's a process, you know, you, you start where you can. You start with the time that you can give and so forth. And as you grow in, and become consistent, then you'll be amazed what God will start doing in your life. He wants to talk to you. God is not a respecter of persons. It's amazing. This drug dealer that I was at the time, I mean, almost immediately I'm hearing him talk to me. 
Okay. He's not just looking to talk to big preachers and, and, and people that are doing great things. He wants to talk to everybody. God wants fellowship with all of his creation, no matter where you are, no matter where you've been, he wants you to come into his presence. And it starts with getting to know him first and then growing and growing and growing and watch what your life becomes. Let me say right here, if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you can get to know him now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. Thank you. That's it. It's that simple. If you believe what you just prayed, he has come in. Start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans, and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll begin to show himself unto you. Okay, we'll see you on the next episode.